Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of The Switch. My name is Telefer Taiwo, and as custom, we have another quite interesting um, guest on, on the show today. Um, today, we'll be having a sit down with Emily Sanders. I hope I got that correctly. <laughs> So Emily is a certified professional coach. <laughs> um, she has experience with the focus on turnaround, operational and customer experience structure. I think you need to break that down for me so that it doesn't sound too, <laughs> too lofty in my head. <laughs> um, and she has over a decade experience across Fortune 500 companies and she's currently the chief of staff at Fusion Zone. Um, which is an automated automotive company, right? Uh, yes, we build websites and provide digital marketing to car dealerships all across oh, the yes, US. Yes, you did your I research. Did. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so <laughs> I mean, so let's. Um, so thank you very much, Emily, for, for jumping on this episode for me. And apologies that we couldn't do this earlier because of all the, the COVID and and all of that. No problem. You know what? Life happens yeah, and, and we have to roll with it. So no yeah, problem at all. Awesome. Pleasure to be on okay, now. So, I mean, so let's just do like a brief, um, you know, brief introduction of what, who Emily is, what Emily does, how has your experience <laughs> over the years, I mean, over your decade long experience shaped your thinking, not just in the workplace, and, and but, yeah, but in life as well. Absolutely. Um, the highlight reel is, I, as you mentioned, I currently serve mm. as chief of staff and that role entails supporting my principal, which is our CEO, and also the entire executive leadership team. So making sure that everyone is um, aligned and focused and prioritizing the write things in their in their respective business groups, um, which is a lot of fun. And then I'm also an executive leadership coach. So I have my own coaching practice on the side as well. So there I work with business leaders from all around the world on a, a myriad of topics, which, you know, happy to get into there. But I really love working with um, people in business who are driven, who are ambitious, who have a growth mindset, who are looking to up their game and get better, whatever that means for them. It could be uh, mm -hmm. an actual promotion, an actual, you know, mm -hmm. I want to get to the next level mm -hmm. in my organization, or it could be something a little less tangible where it's like, I would like to be more confident at presenting to the board, or I would like to be more confident at leading mm -hmm. a team meeting. So I love working with, with folks like that. And um, to, your, to your last part of your question there, I really have found that um, for myself and for pretty much anyone else you speak to, their journey as a leader, their journey as a person, but as a leader specifically, is not uh, okay. is not stagnant. Okay. It's evolving. It's it's dynamic. It's always um, it's always uh, moving and fluid. So I love kind of meeting people where they're at and figuring out, okay, where are you today? Where do you want to go? What's the best way to get you specifically there as nice. as an individual? Um, I mean, so basically, for me, I like to always see leadership, not just leadership. I mean, we humans as being a compartment of different. Um, spectrum of our lives. I mean, the work part is separate, then the family is separate, and then your personal stuff that, that you do on, on a daily basis, your aspirations, your career journey, your hopes, and all of that stuff. And and it's always very 
um, interesting to see that most times, I mean, is, is it a rule of thumb for you if things aren't going for you well, say, um, as, um, as an individual, then there's possibility that the, the leadership part and then your confident part will, su- will suffer as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think you mentioned all those aspects and areas of life. They are separate mm-hmm. to a certain extent, but I would also also make the argument that they're interconnected. So for instance, if you are having some sort of event or uh, mm-hmm. stress in your home life, you know, yes, you can kind of shut that off and compartmentalize a little bit to a certain extent in your in your work life when you show up to the office, but it's going to bleed through a little bit. And that's not, you know, that's just a fact of life. And a uh, an executive leader um, who is on their game mm. will be aware of that and say, okay, I know this is going on. I can mm. take an assessment of myself holistically and be a little bit objective mm. and make the proper adjustments when they go um, into their day or into their week. So um, yeah, we all kind of silo those things off and um, everyone plays their mm. plays their part and plays their role, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. All the world's a stage, but um, you are you are a holistic person, and everything is interconnected. So I would I would very much be aware of um, that. So uh, I'm going to take you. I mean, so not really take you back, but basically what you do. I mean, so the first time I heard the word um, chief of staff has always been probably in the in the political drama series or in a political movie. Um, so I mean. So, <laughs> Just, and for people who are going to be listening as well, what exactly is um, the role of the chief of staff? Is that like a second in command or is, is he another word for a chief operations officer? Um, I mean, so just, 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 um, just as elucidate on that for us. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a common question. So my, my short answer is um, imagine a, mm-hmm. a six pack of soda a cans and then hopefully this carries over this is in the states but um we have a six pack of soda cans and then there's this yeah. plastic thing on the top and True, it holds yeah. all the cans together and so my short answer is the chief of staff is the plastic thing that holds ah. the leadership team together so it keeps everyone pointing in the right direction it keeps everyone working as a group it makes sure that each um, can or each executive has what they need the resources the support the information um, so that's my short answer and then i'll give you a little bit of a, a longer medium answer, but it is about, um, oh. you know, for the CEO, that can be okay. a very lonely job because you're at the top all by yourself. Um, most other people have oh. a colleague or have a peer or have a team to kind of talk to. Um, and, and oftentimes that CEO needs oh. a trusted soundboard and needs someone just yeah, to hash true. out and talk through uh, what they're thinking about. And so, so I serve that role. Um, it's also one where if you're in a, in a team meeting with the leadership crew um, and, you, and you've heard from the, different, uh, the mm. different executives or VPs that they're concerned about something, but maybe they don't feel comfortable voicing that in a group setting, I need to step up and just open the door to a conversation that might be important, but people might be reluctant to have. Um, and so I operate in, in that function as well. And then there's a whole bunch of just different company-wide initiatives that, um, you know, needs a facilitator and, and make sure that, hey, we're, we're not dropping the ball over here. You know, this person here needs to provide this information to move forward and making sure just everything um, is, is aligned there. So 
it's a it's a pretty wide role. I do a lot of different <laughs> things, which which I love. I love that aspect of, yeah. of variety and, and newness. So everyone's like, "What's a typical day?" And I'm like, "I'll let you know when I have my no, first no one." Typical, I don't yeah. have a, I don't have a typical day. Yeah, but um, it is a lot of fun, and I I feel like uh, there's an element of truth to power. There's an element of asking the hard questions, but there's also uh, plenty of opportunities to just to help people where you're kind of that X factor. You're the glue that holds things together. You might not be front and center in the spotlight, but you know that you're making a difference uh, behind the scenes. I mean, so I know it must be, um, I mean, I don't want to use the word tedious, um, but let me use the word um, for lack of a better word, um, exhausting to, to a large extent. And I'm saying that because, I mean, I have function in, um, technical assistant role for um, a CEO in, in a firm based here in Nigeria. And I mean, like you said, those kind of conversations are really, really very difficult to have because, I mean, so the CEO wants to know what you're thinking, but executive leadership is trying to say, okay, look, if I say this, will he get angry? Um, have I dropped the ball? And, and those kind of conversations. Um, from, from your perspective, seeing that you've done this, you know, over time, how should those conversations start and how should those conversations take place? Right. So the first thing that came to mind when you said that is timing. So if I know that my CEO is not in a good frame of mind to have a certain type of conversation and it can wait, then I might choose to have it at a different time. Um, so there is an element of timing. Now, if that decision is is time constrained and it needs to be made now, sometimes you just got to have it. But sometimes picking your timing where it I might be top of mind for me and I really want to get this off my chest and I need him to know this, um, but I have to check myself and say, hey, Emily, is this the most important thing right now for him to be focusing on? And is the is this the best time? Because we all know yeah. if someone hits you wrong with the with the topic, not or right now, like, yeah. oh, like not right now and you might not you might not get um the best answer so uh that's the first thing and then secondly um the the way you approach the conversation is is there's a multitude of factors there's kind of how does this person receive information best and i think that's a big one so we all know or, or we have a general sense of how we like to receive information like, hey, like tell it to me short and sweet or like, hey, give me the details or, hey, I always like to know, you know, this element of, of a decision. Um, so being aware down. of. Yeah. And, and and people are very different. Some people want like all of the information laid out. They want you to show them all the data and all the numbers and all the research. And some people are like, no, 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 just tell me kind of high level. OK, then do that type of thing. Um so understanding how how the per, how your audience best receives information, and then I would also I never I very rarely come to uh, the CEO with okay. with like here's a problem, mm. and then like dump it on their lap. Um, I always say here's the the issue that we're working through. Okay. Here's what's been done to date. Here's the possible options that we've already come up with as a mm. team, or I've already thought through. Here's the pros and cons of that. Um, you know. If you'd like my recommendation, happy to happy to give that to you. Um, but you know, let them react and respond, and kind of think about it from there. I, I very rarely would I ever do this myself or suggest others do. Go to your boss mm. and dump a problem on their lap and, with no 
with no solution or with I mean, no so, thought. Yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm the CEO, you come to me and you say, "Look, this is the problem, but this is what thought through. This is what can be done. This is what I think should be done." It kind of makes my job easier as as a CEO, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as a CEO, the people underestimate the breadth of a CEO's responsibility. So how many things they have to keep track of. You know, you might be in a, in a, a client management team. So you're dealing with customers and you have client accounts and everything. That's great. That's a really important part. You have a whole IT department infrastructure, product, you have a whole finance and accounting part, uh, department. Um, so audits and uh, month-end closes and the CEO has to keep a keep a hand on all of that and know where each thing is at. So the biggest deal to you could be very important and that could be very appropriate for you to be to be raising as an issue, but understand you've got to give him or her, you know, context for for what you're talking about, and give give them context that will be a good frame of reference um, for them. And another another point uh, on that is if you, de- depending on your role, if you can solve something yourself and simply inform the the boss. Um, then I would do that as well. So if it's in your purview and, you know, this is this is in my wheelhouse and um, I'm going to make this decision, it, it's uh, you don't always have to ask for permission or put that decision on the CEO's plate. It might be like, hey, this happened. Uh, here's here was a client escalation. Here's what we went through, like highlight bullet point. Here was the decision and here's the next steps. Boom. You don't need to do anything with this. I don't need you to make a decision. Okay. I'm just informing you so you're aware. And that can be a very yeah. valuable um, yeah. communication I mean, and exchange makes, as well. I mean, just like you said, and I'm just reiterating what you just said. Um, I did work with, with an MD and a CEO and it's amazing how people do underestimate the, the length and breadth of stuff that they have to do. I mean, I'll literally get texts at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. saying, look, you need to remind me this in the office because we need to sort this out. Um, this particular department is having an issue. We need to sort out the meeting with a particular vendor and all of that stuff. And it, it, it's really amazing because, I mean, that one individual has to do a ton of stuff and which is what which is what brings me to to my next question. Um, so, what kind of leadership um, style or traits or behaviors should um, people in executive leadership have, or basically someone in the position where he's who is commanding teams, um, who is you know helping teams build stuff on a day to day basis? The biggest one is adaptability. And uh, that's been around forever, but we especially saw that during 2020 and COVID, right? So being adaptable, um, being able to respond to an unexpected event. So something in the market, something, a global pandemic, something in the market, something in your industry, maybe a regulation changed, uh, something at your organization. Maybe there was a merger acquisition and there's a restructure and a reorg. Uh, maybe uh, it was something just in your kind of day-to-day or week-to-week plan that didn't go, uh, didn't go quite how you intended. Are you able to adapt yourself uh, and take that in stride and also lead your team. So they're going through the same changes and the same unexpected event that you are. Can you manage mm-hmm. yourself well? And then can you also help your team and, and, and carry your team through that? So I think um, adaptability is huge. 
uh, right now. So that's the biggest one. Happy to go into into some others, but that's that one I see across the board in pretty much any vertical and pretty much any type of leader. If you are adaptable and you're more adaptable and you're more resilient than someone else, you're going to get further. Being able to, um, you know, being malleable or being flexible to to the extent that you can. Um, so whatever the market throws you, if it throws you a curveball, you should be ready to adapt and see that we you know whether that's done true. Okay, um, so I, I think my next question, you know, the basic question, and, and there's a lot of school of thought around this. So the question is simply, to you, what what is leadership and what should leadership entail? I mean, on on the on the basis of levels. Yeah, on the on the basic of levels, um, I would say. It, a lot of people still take uh, being a leader as mm. I get to tell people what to do. And I am in charge of like these 10 people that are on my team, um, which I think is a pretty antiquated notion. Um, I think today it's more about mm-hmm. um, servant leadership is yeah, a term that's, that's thrown out there. But really the difference is, yeah, waking up and saying, you know, the first one is waking up and saying, you know, what can the day do for me? What can I get out of this? Who can I step on? You know, what, how can I advance myself and my career and make myself look good? And a servant leader would instead wake up and say, how can I help my team um, as a group? How can I help the individual team members that I have? How can I help them grow? Um, how do I make the team look good? And, and, and that doesn't discount wanting to make yourself better, but that's all because if you, if you become a better leader, you're going to be of better service to uh, your team members. So I think um, that's something to me that um, I was, I, I always had that. My mom and dad were very big um, on espousing that, that type of leadership and providing an example and talking to me about how important that was. And as a kid, I just assumed that all quote unquote grownups or adults had that. And of course, as I got older and went out into the world, I found out, no, in fact, a lot of people do not have that. So it might be uh, less common, more rare, but I think it's something really to aspire to. And if you, if you want someone to follow you, just think about being on the receiving end or working for those two different types of leaders, you know, which one are you gonna are you gonna follow, and which one are you gonna be more devoted to, and want to do a good job for? It's it's pretty clear. It's the person who's looking out for you, who has your back, who is willing to invest in you, is willing to um, try to pull that potential, uh, put, perhaps untapped potential, out of you. Uh, I think we all have felt the difference between working with someone who you know yeah. they they don't really care about you, uh, versus working for someone who no they know my name they know what's happening yeah. um, they know where I'm at in my career exactly invested in you exactly. Uh, I mean, so so just before I go to my next one, let me let me just dive out a bit. Um, so for you, what what has has there been that one person or a group of people who you can say look these people. Or this person took me by the scruff of the neck, and then um, you know was really invested in me to see that I become a better person—not just a better person, but a better leader as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I like the term <laughs> "took me by the scruff of my neck." Um, I do remember uh, a mentor I had very early on in my career, and and I was very lucky to have this person um, at that time. And at the time, I was mm. an entry-level person. I had kind of shown some fledgling leadership skills but but nothing nothing to write home about and through a series of circumstances we had a we had a 
whole bunch of executives leave the company. Um, So we had like five to six VP level positions open and they uh, promoted this this VP of finance who had a background in running companies into the interim CEO role. And he looked around the roster and said, okay, who's, who's left, you know, in this barren waste field. And he, he, he had heard my name a couple times and he, and he, you know, heard positive things and he talked with me and he basically, what he basically did was like, you're the tallest midget out of everyone I have, like you're, you're going to come with me. Um, and, and we, through trials of fire kind of got everything um, situated and the structure built back up again. At the time, he didn't know the inner workings of the business and the products and the processes very well, but I did because I was that was all around me. And he, of course, had the knowledge of mm-hmm. the strategic, you know, picture and how to how to position a company for an exit transaction. Um, we were private equity backed, and so he. Uh, and in through those first several months of working together very closely, like late evenings, weekends, you know, I was in my pajamas one time and he was you know, <laughs> unshaven and kind of working his office. And I was like, this is crazy. But he saw potential in me that I didn't see myself at the time. So he saw something in me that I didn't see myself. And he called it out of me and he said, Emily, you're, you can run a team one day. And at that time, that was so far away. That was like, are you like, I did a double take around. Like, are you talking to me? Like, is that for me? Because um, that was just the last thing from my mind. He said, you, you are great with people. You care about people. Um, you are a good communicator and you can tie things to the big picture. And I had never heard anyone say that. And I certainly wasn't saying that to myself. And so just that, I remember that conversation vividly because at the time, I was like, I don't believe that. But because you're saying that and because you're very accomplished and you're very senior and all the rest, maybe it could be it could be true. And so that little crack of light came in. And then, of course, uh, that opened up a whole new way of thinking for me. And um, I actually did eventually uh, run a department um, under under his direction. Um, and my career flourished uh, from there. But that that one person and that one conversation I can definitely say, uh, change the trajectory of my career and change the trajectory of my thinking as a person uh, and myself and my own I mean, potential that, as well. That's really good, and I think, and I think I'm gonna flip, um, flip the other side of the coin. Are, are there people in your life, in your workplace? Well, not just typically in your workplace, in your life that you're also, um, once again, taken by this crop of the neck to make them better people, better leaders as well. Absolutely. And, and to, to segue those two uh, items, one of the things my mentor said to me, I was like, I was so grateful. I was like, if there's anything that I can do for you, please, you know, to repay you, please let me know. And he, without missing a beat, said, yes, there is. And I said, <laughs> OK, I'm listening. I'm listening. What is he going to say? And he said, pay it forward. He said, Emily, one day you're going to be in a position to help someone and you're going to be able to open a door for someone and take a risk on them. And I did it for you. And now your job is to pay it forward. And that, oh, that huge stuck with me in a, in a big, big way. And now I, I can very um, happily say that there's been several instances throughout my career where I said, oh, like Jennifer, like come over here. You've got really good potential. Or, um, hey, Christian, you know, you don't think you can do this big presentation, but in fact you can. Uh, and, and, you know, have gotten good feedback from from people on on how that helped them but um yes i mean i think a, a mark of a good leader is one being able to see 
that potential. So have the vision to, to say, hey, you know, they're not showing me that yet, but I think that they have it in them. And so I'm going to call it out of them. Uh, and two, do it. So be on the active lookout for this. You know, people are often kind of in tunnel vision with their blinders on and just trying to get through the day. But no, no, no. Lift your head up and look for people who are doing good things. Look for people who um, are going the extra mile or, or look for someone who, hey, I didn't know that you knew how to do that. I didn't know that you were good at that. I didn't know that you had an interest in that. And and if you actively look for something, they'll appear more. It's, it's kind of like um, when I say, uh, look for red cars. Well, all of a sudden, you know, all the car manufacturers must have must have made more red cars because there's more of them on the on the road. But no, in fact, they were always there. But because you're looking for them, you see more of them. I mean, I did have, you know, you know as, as a young guy starting out, um, I had someone similar to who you've just, who you've just described and who would say, look, you can do this. And then he would ask me questions and then I would, I would give answers. And he would be like, how come you don't see, you know, that you can do stuff like this? And it's brought me to the realization that, you know, as as people who, you know, are greenhorns that do not understand the intricacies of business and leadership, we literally don't see stuff that other people see about us. It's like watching um, a football match and then, and I'm sure this is where people like you who are coaches come up, right? People on the playing field, you don't see what the coach sees. They don't see what the manager sees. They basically just, you know, want to get on with it and then get it done, right? And which is where um, people like you, your role as a coach, um, as a certified coach comes in. And my question is this, do people or should people who are new into not just leadership roles, but into um, corporate roles, should they have coaches? And what really is the difference between a coach and a mentor? Sure. So, um, I'm going to try to answer this question objectively. Of course, I'm a coach. I think you <laughs> can you do it without a coach? Yes, of course you can. Is it better with a coach? Can you accelerate your growth? Can you get there faster? Can you have more insights? Yes, I, I 100% believe that. Um, I believe that because I've experienced it myself. Um, I have a team of coaches that I work with and I just get so much value and I'm like, okay, that just puts everything in place. I see where I need to go and how to get there. Um, certainly. Uh, I love your analogy of, of, a, of a sports coach. So... Um, and like you mentioned football, <laughs> yeah. so we call it soccer here, but we'll call it f- football. So, um, so if you're if you're on the football pitch, um, and I did play soccer as a kid, the coach can mm-hmm. literally see things yeah. that you can't because you're playing, right? So they're like on the sideline watching you. That's their job, and they can see aspects of yeah. your game that you can't. Um, and so they can, hey, so, you know, kick the ball like this, or hey, you know, you missed the person who was open way over there. You couldn't quite see them, but keep your eyes up. Things like this that just the coach is there for. Um, and then aspects of your training, like how are you training? What skills do you you need um, to, to bring up and things like this. So um, in the same way, a leadership coach, a life coach, a business coach can do that same process for you as uh, as a leader and say, okay, you know, you're in, in the arena, so to speak, and I'm right there with you. And my job is to make you the highest performing 
player that mm-hmm. that I can that you can be. So to get you to your to your peak performance, and you know your coach wants you to do well. They want the team to do well. They want to win, and they're also going to push you in certain areas. So they're going to challenge you and you know work work you um, through through the drills and such. So I love that analogy because it's very it's a very similar um, process and a very similar. So, so speaking dynamic. of coaching, how has your coaching experience been? Um, so I'm, I, I, like I said, I have a team of coaches and it's been fantastic. I love working with people, um, in the coaching community and they just see my blind spots. Everyone has blind spots and that's, that's natural. Um, so they can help you say, Hey, you know, you're really down on yourself in this kind of area, but yet you've told me this, this, and this, which are evidence to the contrary. So what do you see about that? And you're like, Oh, okay. Um, good good to know. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, they can also challenge you uh, on things. So for instance, if if I tell my coach, my goal is, is X. And then I start describing a whole bunch of things that uh, might be pulling my energy away from that, or might be taking uh, my mental space away from that. Uh, She can say, Hey, Emily, you said you wanted this over here. yet You're describing these other things. If you want to go in this new direction, that's fine. But I just wanted to check in. Are we still going toward goal X or have we changed that now? It's like, Nope, that's right. Thank you very much. Let me go back, back over here. Um, So I, you know, just uh, even just asking a question that I hadn't thought of and, and asking a question that I hadn't, hadn't thought of repositions my answer or repositions how I'm thinking about that. So if I'm very linear or, you know, thinking black and white, maybe my coach will ask me something where like, no, 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 there's not two options. There's actually a hundred and you can pick from one. Um, so you don't feel so constrained. So I love, I love that aspect um, of it. And then of course, as a coach working with my clients, I love working with clients. When I get a new client, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I feel like it's like opening a new present <laughs> at Christmas. It's like, what's, what's in here? Like, what's it all going to be about? Like what, you know, where are you in your process? Like, you know, how do you look at the world? Um, what are your goals and, and what's the best way to get you there? Because the way, the best way to get you there is going to be very different than any previous client I have. There's recurring themes and, you know, uh, similar motifs across the board, of course, but the individual um, story is, yeah. is what I love. And I, I, yeah. And I just, I love um, working with people and seeing or hearing that like, oh, or that aha moment where they they put it together and a light bulb goes off and they never thought of something that way and they've never heard it that way or they've never had someone say that about them. Um, That is just hugely, hugely rewarding. So so for you, is there some sort of process? Is there some sort of framework? Is there some sort of, um, I mean, it's word like a guideline when, when you want to coach um, an individual or it's it's not uh, it's based on that particular individual yeah I mean the process is I you know the the first part of the coaching engagement is getting really clear on their goals and sometimes their um, what they present initially is not actually what they want so we like I like to dig in a little bit and, and work with them on that uh, and and depending on how long the engagement is, uh, that will come up with a plan that gets them there. And that can vary quite widely. So, for instance, if I'm working with someone on, hey, I have uh, an interview next Thursday and I have an all day interview going in for a C-suite role. 
that that engagement and that plan is going to look very different than, hey, Emily, um, I've had this long term, you know, issue with imposter syndrome and confidence and I'm moving into this new role and I feel like I need to really present myself in a new way and almost redefine uh, my leadership style and how I'm doing things. Well, that's a whole bunch of mindset um, and a whole bunch of, you know, um, self-belief in there, along with the tactical and practical, okay, Let's take the long road and long journey uh, approach to the mindset piece, which is not an overnight thing. But at the same time, you have this uh, meeting on Tuesday and it's your first meeting with your new executives. Let's talk about that and let's get you prepped, you know, wherever you are at that time. Let's get you prepped as best as possible. And okay, now you have um, your first first board of directors meeting. Let's go through the preparation um, for that. And, and they can use me as a soundboard for all these different types of things. So uh, it just depends on the engagement, but there's always the first part of kind of what are you after, you know, define your goal. So we all know where we're going. And then um, it is a process of building that plan with perhaps milestones or certain indications of success. Are we moving in the right direction or not? Um, and then moving it sounds forward like from an there. interesting, um, like an interesting sphere of or like an interesting job, so to say, um, coaching. It's, uh, it's never boring. I'll, I'll give you that. So um, <laughs> um, I, I like that aspect of it. And it's just, you know, people um, have a hard, hard enough time in this world. They have enough challenges. It's it's really fun to help people out and uh, just just get them that you know, little nudge in the right direction. That can, yeah, that can put them on a new course. I, mean, I have a group of young guys that I mentor from time to time. So not just work, work-wise, but also in life as well. You know, just like I said, we're having to find that balance between all that encompasses of, of, of a human being and then not just allowing one part of your life to suffer. So if you're doing that at work, the family part shouldn't suffer and then every other part shouldn't have to suffer as well. And yeah, so, so finally, um, finally, I think this is, this is always my favorite part of um, interviewing authors and people who have written a book. How did you, you know, what, where did you get an inspiration from? Or at what point did you say, okay, look, I think I have to put all of this knowledge down into a book? <laughs> um, the honest answer is I I had a book, writing a book in the back of my mind, but I honestly had it for oh, really? much further down the line. Um but, but yes. And so the reason I did now is, is COVID. Um, so COVID was, uh, COVID was very serious and very scary uh, at the beginning, but lockdown. Oh my goodness. That was, um, I was going, I was going a bit crazy. So yeah. I said, I need to do something or else I'm literally going to go, uh, insane. So I had, I had a book in me. I, I knew it, uh, deep down. I didn't quite know how to do it, but I'm like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. And, um, I've, I've had all these conversations through my time in, in the business world and through my time in coaching. And I think that, you know, I've, I've come across recurring themes that help people and I want to get that out to more people. And a book is just a great way to do that. So I took uh, the time during COVID lockdown and, and tried to, tried to make it useful. So, so what was, what was that experience like, um, you know, having your first draft and having writer's block, having to delete, rewrite, delete, rewrite. Okay, should I stop writing? Am I going to ever finish this book? 
Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I it pretty much for me ran the whole gamut of human emotions <laughs> at one point or another. You know, you're very you're very excited at the beginning. You kind of yes. take that jump off the cliff and say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do it." Take the plunge, and you get excited, and then uh, you're like, "Oh my goodness, what have I done to myself? This is impossible. I can't possibly do this." Uh, the writing piece was just an act of of Emily. You are going to write, uh, you know, three thousand words every day. <laughs> and they might be good words and they might be bad words and they might make sense and they might not make sense. Um, but you're going to write every day. Um, and I really, you know, put a plan in place to an instruction place to help me do that. And I did. And at uh, 45 days, 30, 45 days, I had uh, the 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 basis of a book. It was sloppy <laughs> and horrible and no grammar and the thoughts were not in order. It was not pretty, but I just kind of like, here's all of the stuff that I have. Um, and then the editing process was just, that process was longer than I ever thought editing could be. It was, the first part was kind of fun. Cause you're like, okay, let me take this pile of, of, you know, seemingly randomly selected words and put them in order and make them flow together and have the transitions. And then just the refinement and refinement and refinement. Just, I was like, this is a lot. And my publisher was, you know, pushing me to do all these things. I'm like, oh my gosh. And you do get to a point where it's like, I can't read these words anymore. Like I'm just, I don't see them for what they are. And so that's where the editing team comes in and does, and does their run through. But um, that middle editing part was definitely challenging and character building um and i would say the most fun part for me um in in the back half was probably Mm. things like the cover design and things like um seeing book formatted in the first uh, version of that in pdf and the first version of that in paperback Mm. i got which is holding it in your hands i was like oh my gosh i can literally remember sitting down (laughs) it was it was amazing yeah. It was amazing. It was very memorable. I literally, I was like, I can't believe it. I was like, I just, it has my name on it. Like, what, what's happening? Because um, I literally, I, I remember opening it and I remembered sitting down to write my first words. And it was that, that I had it in a Word document and there was like <laughs> yeah. a blinking cursor. And I was like, okay, yeah. here we go. Like, there's nothing on this page. And then it turns into a book that you're holding in your hands, which is just mind blowing. So it was it was quite the journey. I would recommend it honestly to anyone. Um, everyone has some useful yeah. uh, stories in them and some insights and some inspiration. Even if it's a short book or you know ebook or whatever, I would really encourage people to, to mean, go I, through a process. I've thought like about that. it um, at some point. I've even had like a ten page. It's probably just sitting somewhere in my in my drafts, and I, I just can't. I mean, hopefully, I'll use your. Um, experience and then pick it up again one of these days. <laughs> uh, okay, and I think finally, so uh, how has the uh, how has the reception been for the book uh, in terms of feedback you've gotten from colleagues, from friends? I mean, I've seen a few reviews on Amazon. And I'm like, oh wow, and which is what drew me drew me to you in, in the first place. Yeah, the the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. I mean, of course, there's Obviously. a few people who don't like a few things, but <laughs> yeah. that's perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, overwhelmingly positive. Uh, some of my family and friends didn't know that I was <laughs> writing a book, so I just mailed it to them. And they're like, what is this? And called me and texted me. Um, and so they were really, they were really uh, happy and supportive about it. And then... Yes, I mean, the the feedback I've gotten on Amazon, I was quite nervous because I'm like, okay, I think this is good, but, you know, let me put it out into the world. And people have, you know, written me back and commented and reached out and everything. And just, uh, it's it's funny, they, they take away 
different yeah. things from different sections and just depending on what they're going through in life. I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's uh, fantastic. But yeah, very, very positive response. Um, it's allowing me to have a lot of different kinds of conversations, um, you know, podcasts and um, forums and uh, webinars and, and things like that. So yeah, I, I couldn't be more pleased with it and I'm glad it's helping people. Um, and uh, I think coaching uh, is a great tool and resource for people, but not everyone, you know, has, has time or resources for that. So um, this book can definitely help out with some of those frameworks and concepts and tools that you can apply to a lot of different things. So really, really good. Uh, love, love the book and um, really appreciating people's well, thank you feedback very much, to it. And I think my final question again is, and how has that, um, so how do you feel, you know, being able to impact people um, on their leadership journeys, um, you know, from all the different cadres of, of, of an employee's, from an, uh, from an employee's perspective, pardon me. It's one of the most fulfilling things I've done, uh, to be honest. I really, once I found coaching, um, I remember the moment when I found coaching. I was like, is, is coaching is a thing? Like, you can do this for a living and, and it's a thing? Um, and, I, and I went to, you know, with the whole gamut of coach training and, and the whole ICA, International Coach Academy experience. And I remember being in my first couple of classes mm. and thinking, these are my people. Yeah. Like, I found my tribe. These are my people. This is, I was a coach. I was, a, I was yeah. coaching before I knew what a coach was. So this is what I was meant to do um, in that sense. So I really feel fulfilled. I, I always am trying to grow myself and improve and progress in the, in the art of coaching and making myself the best leader as possible. Um, but uh, I love just interacting with uh, with folks and um, and helping them in any way I can. I mean, it's it, it's been really um, exhilarating talking to you and then being able to see. Um, I mean, from a coach's perspective, on why I'm, I've always toyed with the to be honest, I've always toyed with the idea of having a coach because um, you know sometimes I feel I need that laser focus and then I also need some sort of soundboard to be able to get things done. Um, not just um, from a personal from personal life perspective, but also from um, on the day to day work work life um, perspective. Because um, so I'm a project manager, um, and I tend to do a lot of handling you know projects and then managing people. And I'm sure you know how it is being able to manage people and then manage work, um, trying to find that balance between people getting the job done and then also being invested in people as well. Um, so sometimes there's always that burnout and then you need someone to, you know, bring that kind of, um, in a sense, bring life back into you again. And you know, listening to you has in some way, you know, done that to, to a larger extent. And I'm grateful for um, for us having this conversation once again. Thank you very much, Emily, for jumping on this call with me. Um, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure having you on board. Uh, likewise, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for for those very kind words. I, I All right, really appreciate people, uh, So, thank you very much, Emily. Again, so we've come to the last, you know, to the end of the podcast. Um, Emily has graced us and blessed us with her words of wisdom and years of experience in, in the corporate board and then leadership and then as a coach as well. Um, so, Emily, any last words? Uh, no, I mean, I just wish the best for anyone listening. Uh, we're all going going through this crazy, yeah. crazy journey of life together. So um, let's help each other out Thank and you very uh, much, rock and roll. Really. Do, do enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, you as well.
All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. This is um, my name is Telefetao, and this is still the switch.